This is Chad Harrison, and you're listening to Hope Alive, applying God's word to your daily life. Hi, this is Chad Harrison, and I am the teaching pastor of Lake Community Church and have been serving as a pastor for 25 years. I'm also a practicing attorney. This podcast is designed to help you study God's word and find God's will for your life. I pray in the name of Jesus right now that God would open up his word to you and allow you to see him and to know him and to know his will, that you might glorify him and that you might walk in faith and power each and every day, especially today in Jesus name. Good morning. Welcome to Lake Community Church's morning Bible study. We are in Exodus chapter 14 and Pharaoh's upset. Pharaoh has rethought what he's done. He acted in haste. He, he decided to let, let the people go, and he's thinking, why did I do that? The reason you did that is because basically your nation has been destroyed because of the plagues. But remember, the world does not function always logically. It does not act in a way that would seem coherent. It doesn't act like a, in a way all the time that seems like it's spiritually understandable. And let me say this, oftentimes... We don't either. We operate the same way the world does, and we think about things the same way the world does. And if the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God that Moses is presenting to Pharaoh, if if he is able to kill the firstborn all at the same time in one night, the firstborn of every family, the firstborn of, of every animal, if he's able to kill the firstborn in every household, not just the firstborn child, but the firstborn if you were firstborn of any womb, you were to die. If you were, if he's able to do that in an instant, then he's able to destroy an army. Now, that is, I think that's pretty apparent if you just step back and look at it. If he is able to kill all them in an instant at night, at midnight, then obviously the army that Pharaoh puts together can be killed instantly too. Like a bolt of lightning striking, it could kill them instantly. And the question is, and the obvious question is on both sides, so why would Pharaoh go chasing after them? The, que- the answer to that is an answer to that we have, we have a lot of people in our church that struggle with this. Dean is one of them for sure. He struggles with the idea of why, why do people reject God? Why do people, when they see God's hand at work, it's just not understandable why they would reject him. And that comes from a good perspective. It's a perspective of, why wouldn't you? One of, one of, one of the great philosophers that I listen to, great minds of the kingdom, he, he says, if the gospel of Jesus Christ is even possible, why wouldn't anybody ever, why wouldn't everybody chase after it? And that's a great question. If it's possible that God could redeem mankind from all its sinfulness and all its all its decay and depravity, all the hatefulness, all the pain and the suffering, if, if it's possible that God could redeem that and provide for us a way to him, and that way be through a man giving himself up on a cross 2,000 years ago, if that's possible, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you desire that? And we know that Jesus died on the cross. We know that he was buried. And we know that there is great evidence of his resurrection, great evidence in many forms and fashions. And knowing these things, if that's the case, why wouldn't you, if that's even one in a million chance that it's possible, why wouldn't you take it? 
And William Lane Craig says that all the time. If it's one in a million chance, why wouldn't you take it? Now, there's greater arguments for that than that. There's greater arguments as to why God exists and why Jesus was resurrected and great evidence for those things, both philosophically and just hard evidence-wise. But even if there weren't and it was possible, why wouldn't you want that? Why wouldn't you want to follow after someone who taught with the, uh, with the great philosophies of history? Why wouldn't you want to follow after someone who is willing to give his life so that you could have life? That's a great question. But the answer is that we don't. And even though that question is a great question and the answer seems so obvious, just some people just can't find that answer. They can't find that answer in their heart. And I'm not saying that they're in any way limited mentally or limited in any other way, I'm just telling you that they will not turn toward him. A lot of people won't. And that being the case, you understand that hardening the heart is an easy thing to do. And that's what Pharaoh does. But we're also going to see as we study through this, we're also going to see that the Israelites don't turn back and remember what God has done and even remember what God has done in the specific instance just a few days ago, just recently. And you do that too. You forget what God does and you forget you forget the works of his hands, even the day before. And, uh, and you'll fall into uh, fear and doubt and worry and anxiousness. And you'll do that just over and over again. And you do, and I know I do. Not realize that there's spiritual things that are going on around us that God's at work in and that, that those things affect the physical and the physical world is a manifestation of God's work in revealing himself. And so he's going to show himself in this world. It says in verse five, now it was told the king of Egypt that the people had fled and that the heart of Pharaoh and his servants was turned against the people. And they said, why have we done this? That we have let Israel go from serving us. Now notice this, they found out, they told them to go, they left. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden Pharaoh says, and his servants say, why do we do this? Why do we let them go? Sure, that it was a great loss. It was going to be a great economic loss, a devastating economic loss to allow the children of Israel to go. But there was a reason why you let them go. There was nine plagues, and then the 10th one was horrific. The 10th one where you said, you got to get out now. We want you gone right now. And the reason we want you gone right now is because we don't want to die. And it's quite obvious that your God is in means to kill us all. And you know what? He would have if it had taken that to deliver them out of Egypt. So you need to get this, that God would have done that. God is willing to do what it takes to deliver his people. And he is, he would have done that. But that's what happened. That's why they left. The question is, why have we done this, that we have let the, that we've let Israel go from serving us? The reason you did that is because, because God was totally destroying you. So he made ready his chariots and took his people with him. Notice, he's going to bring about his physical military power to try to over, he could have killed, he could have tried to kill Moses at any point in time. Now, the question is, could he have killed Moses? No, cannot, you cannot kill God's people. You cannot kill the servants of God unless that's what God is allowing to take place. And when the God allows that to take place, it's always for his own glory. And so you're going to see people throughout history who are martyred, who are killed. All the apostles were were killed for the good news of Jesus Christ. God allowed that. Why? Because it glorifies him. They were willing to make the ultimate sacrifice. Greater love hath no man than this, than he laid down his life for his friend. These men 
laid down their lives. They gave their lives for the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the truth of their friend, the truth of the man that had discipled them and that they had watched the God man, Jesus. They laid down their life for that man. And so that, that is understood and understandable. But when we see that, that he makes ready his chariots and he's going he's gonna to come and destroy them, they're not going to be destroyed unless God allows it. God hasn't allowed them to be destroyed. Remember, all the plagues that were hitting Egypt were not effective in Goshen, were not happening in Goshen. Goshen wasn't going through the plagues of Egypt. And Goshen is right nearby where the Egyptians lived. When it was darkness in Egypt, it was light in Goshen. And so we know that what happened there was miraculous. What happened there was a finger of God event, meaning the hand of God was at work. What happened there was God taking and controlling and making sure things were good and ready to go. And God is not going to allow his people to be killed unless it is for the purpose of him being glorified. And let me say this. He does that. He allows that. There are many, there, the Bible teaches us in Revelation that the martyrs' blood, the martyrs cry out from beneath the throne of God, beneath the, the altar of God, and beg for their blood to be avenged. And it is. And he is the avenger. He is the, he is the kinsman redeemer. And he is the avenger of blood also. And he is going to avenge those who, who have been killed by the world. But that being said, uh, God's purpose in this is to deliver his people out of Egypt. And he's not going to allow the Egyptians to kill him. He's got a plan. We know the plan. God's plan is to deliver them out of Egypt and to take them to the promised land. That, that means the Egyptians are not going to win. The Egyptians already know the power in the hand of God. The Israelites have already heard God say what his plan is and then begin to execute that plan to perfection. So why shouldn't we as logical people think about it. Because remember, your soul is made up of two things. It's made up of your logical mind. And it's made up of the passions and emotions of your heart. And those two things war against each other. And your logical thought processes and your emotional stability and your emotional ability to look at things and see things from an emotional perspective and see them rightly is not always, well, it doesn't always work. And they didn't, they oftentimes, when you look at this logically, you say, Pharaoh's going to lose. But yeah, he is. But when you see those chariots coming, the fear and the anxiousness still sits there and it still burns in your heart. It says he, he took 600 choice chariots and all the chariots of Egypt with captains over every one of them. Notice he's taking his very best in his army. And by the way, during this time period in, in human history, chariots were the kind of the tanks of the, of the world. Now, you get about, you get somewhere around 700 to 1,000 years later, and the way they fought battles, chariots were really of no, no account. In fact, most of the great battles that will come that deal with the Greeks and the Romans and the Persians to come five, six, seven hundred years later, chariots become not even really useful because as they attack, they, they're hard to turn. The army just gets out of the way, and then they pull the chariots, charioteers from the chariots and kill them. And chariots become less and less a great useful tool in battle. But right now, they're the most important thing, and they're the most fearsome thing. And the children of Israel will be afraid of them. And remember, when the enemy shows force toward us, when the enemy is attacking us, when the enemy's coming at us, he's going to give. He's going to bare his teeth. He's going to show his meanness. He's going to. He's going to bring about the thing that make you fear the most. And that's what Pharaoh's going to do. He's going to. 
He's going to try to drive fear into the children of Israel. You got to remember, this is the God who sent locusts. This is the God who, who caused frogs to come out of the Nile River and totally engulf everything. This is the God who called, caused darkness to be over the land for three days. He's the God who's able to do amazing things. And even if the enemy bears its teeth, and that happens, and I'm going to tell you, it happens more than you even realize in your own life. The enemy bears his teeth at you a lot, and you've grown used to cowering in fear. And uh, I pray even today that you would have eyes that open up and see that that is the enemy bearing his teeth and that you would that you'd walk in, in grace and that you'd walk in faith and that you would not allow that to bring about fear in your heart because fear is the opposite of faith. And faith is the only way we please God. And by the way, the faith is where the power comes in. And the enemy's going to bear its teeth. And the Lord, notice, the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. It's not Pharaoh who decided this totally. He's been hardening his heart, and God took over and decided he's going to prove how great he was by hardening Pharaoh's heart even more. And now he's about to prove it one more time. And how many times does God have to prove it to us? The answer is quite a few, apparently. That's the answer. God's got to always prove himself over and over to us because we're just forgetful and, uh, and we're prone to wander away from who he is. He says, so the Egyptians pursued them, all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh. It says his horsemen and his army, and they over, overtook them camping by the sea beside Pi. It's a lot of H's and vowels. And me being as dyslexic as I am, Hahirath is not easy for me to pronounce before Baal's Zephon. And we know that they were sitting by the sea and we generally know where that took place. We, we those two, two locations are not known on maps. They're, they're not places that we just necessarily have an idea of exactly where they're at, but we know that they came back out of what would have been Southern Egypt or back down from the top of the Nile river. And they were roaming back toward the Mediterranean along the Red Sea. And that's where they were overtaken by Pharaoh. And that's where they crossed. And we see that Pharaoh's coming. And tomorrow we're going to see how Israel reacts. And it's not going to be, it's not going to be a, a story of great courage. It's going to be a story of great courage for Moses, but it's not going to be a story of great courage for God's people. And we're also going to see that there's a few spies among the people who want to stir up fear and doubt. And let me say this, that's always the case in the kingdom. There are always a few out there who are not there for the right purposes, and they get used by the enemy to store up fear and doubt among God's people. Let me say this, God is always at work in your life, and the great things that he's done for you in the past, some of them you remember, and many of them you have forgotten, and many of them you never even knew happened at all. And those things that have happened in your life and that have gone on in your life that God has done, they are for your faith. And they're for the purpose of God building that faith in you. I would say to you, when you enter in a time of great fear, of great anxiety, of great worry for the moment of the hour, I would say to you to set aside your emotions just for a second, step back and re remember what God has done. Remember what he's doing for you and see the situation and the events from an internal perspective, not the temporal moments that you're facing, and say to God, what is it that you are doing here? And sometimes the calamity that you think is going to happen 
is really going to happen. It's going to be something's going to take place. That's not going to be something that you wanted to take place. That's true. But oftentimes it's not that at all. Oftentimes it's not going to be that at all. And I would say to you today that having a eternal perspective, having a spiritual eyes to see and hearing the voice of God in your ears will allow you to actually see the truth of the situation and be salt and light in those situations such that the kingdom is advanced and such that your faith is increased and such that your Lord is glorified. I pray that'll be the case for you each and every day. And I pray it'll be the case for you today as you go in Jesus name. As you go today, I pray that the Lord will bless you and keep you, that he'll make his face to shine upon you and that he will give you hope and peace today in Jesus' name.